dedicated to each and every one of you who appreciate a great glass of wine. You know what I mean? It's Monday. Let's raise a glass to the beginning of another week. It's time to unscrew, uncork, or savor a bottle. And let's begin exploring the wine glass. Today, I am sitting down with Marcus Raffinelli, winemaker for Le Col 41 Winery in Walla Walla, Washington, and we are discussing Chenin Blanc. I have a special place in my wine heart for Chenin Blanc. It is such a chameleon of a variety, one that can be made into whatever style the winemaker desires. From bone dry to sweet, there is a Chenin for you. The 2020 Le Col Chenin Blanc is a blend from three vineyards and is honestly one of the most aromatic wines I have ever had. At $17 a bottle, this wine is way worthy of a case purchase. Plus, they are offering penny shipping right now. It is definitely a weeknight, everyday essential to have in your cellar. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Budd, a UC Davis winemaking program, someday service, champagne specialist, and WSET level two graduate. You can find Exploring the Wine Glass on all the socials, as well as your favorite podcast catchers. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's the perfect time to swipe, subscribe, rate, and review. I promise I'll never tell you what to drink, but I'll always share what's in my glass. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Allure of the Poor, sponsored by Dracina Wines. I am your host, Lori, and I am the UC Davis winemaking program graduate, WSET Level 2, and champagne specialist in someday service. And I am excited today because I am talking with Marcus Raffinelli from La Cole Winery in Walla Walla, Washington. And we are going to get down and dirty with Chenin Blanc today. So welcome, Marcus. I love some Shannon. Shannon on a Monday. Let's do it. Have to love some Shannon. And you know what? It, you are right. Shannon on a Monday. It can take that, that horrible Monday and just perk it right on up. It definitely can. Um, so first of all, let's get a little bit about you. Um, let's talk a little about your background. How did you get into wine and how did you find your way to Le Cole? So my path uh, into wine, uh, it took a while. It got into wine a little bit later in life. So I was, I was 28 when I finally got the wine bug. And I had been cooking in restaurants for about 10 years. And as I worked in restaurants, my food got smaller and smaller. And I started cooking for wine dinners. And um, I finally got to the point where I wanted to get to the other side of the table. And I wanted to talk about the wines and talk about a winery rather than cooking the food and doing the pairings. And while I still enjoy cooking and doing that kind of work, um, it was, it was my want and desire to get to, you know, out of the kitchen and into something else. Um, so I had a biology degree from Boise state university. Um, and so I had a love of the science and a love of food. And so I was going to Boise state university and not one of my, professors or advisors said that, hey, with this wine degree, or, you know, with this biology degree, you could be a winemaker. They were like, you're going to be counting fish, you're going to be counting trees, you're going to be doing something in the biological sciences. A couple of them actually tried to steer me into like a food scientist. So for checking for, uh, you know, food factories and just being kind of a a food scientist. And I I thought that would be cool. But then, my last name's Raffinelli, so I'm, I'm Italian. I grew up in a big Italian family, and food and wine were always present growing up. 
And so when I finally made the, the jump into wine, I found that there was just this natural ability, I guess, this naturalness to wine and winemaking where um, I just jumped in and I fell in love with it and I just never looked back. And so this will be my 15th year uh, in the Washington wine business. And it feels like just yesterday I got into it. <laughs> so from Boise, how did you end up in Washington? So I had the chance of going either to UC Davis uh, to get a master's in enology and viticulture, but I was kind of done with the, the four-year institutions. I was wanting a little bit more uh, hands-on instruction. And so I looked at, into wine schools and Walla Walla Community College was uh, one of the only wine programs in the United States at that time. And being from Seattle, uh, I wanted to be a Washington winemaker. And so I enrolled at Walla Walla Community College, uh, started in 2006. And then um, in 2007, for my harvest internship, I worked here at LaCole. And so I got to work with Marty and the, the production team. And we made 35,000 cases. I got to you know, do everything from the punch downs to the barreling down, picking up fruit, uh, grape sampling, running the lab. I got to do a little bit of everything. And so it really, what they taught me while I was going through school and they taught me this process of this kind of old school winemaking technique where you know, it's a lot of work to do the punch downs by hand, to do everything gentle. Um, and so I brought what I learned here after I graduated and made wine um, on the west side of Washington in Woodinville. Um, I took all the same technique and stuff that I learned here at the coal with me and then um, made wine in Woodinville for a few years and then made my way back to Walla Walla to teach at the community college where I learned how to make wine at. And then Marty was looking for a new winemaker uh, end of 2019. And that's when I put my name in the hat for that. So it was, um, and we had stayed in touch over the years. And so it was just, uh, you know, he'd always come and see me at Taste Washington and check in on my wines and you know, just always kind of kept in touch. And so just always had that connection with this winery. And so, you know, when I became winemaker here, it was just a real natural fit and felt like it was home. You know, it okay. felt like I was, just kind of left for a while and then came back and was able to jump right in. So the prodigal son returns, that type thing, right? Straight yeah. away, but had to come back. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the history of Lacole because there is so much history with it. Um, can you tell us, you know, briefly about Lacole, how it came to be, you know, about Marty and their philosophy of, of being a winery and winemaker in Walla Walla? So they, Lacole, uh, number 41 was the, the third winery in Walla Walla, and it was the 20th winery in Washington state. Uh, it was founded in 1983. And so we have uh, a 40th anniversary here coming up in a couple of years. And so we, we've been around for a while and it was started by Baker and Jean Ferguson as a retirement project. And so the Ferguson family, uh, their family goes way back in Walla Walla to almost the beginning. And, so there, they found this old school house out in uh, Loudoun, which is just west of Walla Walla. And they took on this project of remodeling this old schoolhouse because they thought, hey, this would be a great place for a winery. And so they took a few years to remodel it. And then they started uh, making wine. Uh, their first focus was on Merlot and Semillon. 
And those are two varietals that we've made every year since 1983. And then um, as they started to grow their production, uh, they brought in Chenin Blanc in 1988 and they kept building the portfolio. And then Marty, uh, which is their son-in-law, he started at the winery in 1989 as kind of the, the overseeing winemaker and you know production winemaker and his family moved back up here uh, from San Francisco where he was living with this uh, young family and they had been helping out with bottling and with vintage and they just they finally I think Baker and Jean it got in you know to be too much and they just said hey why don't you go come up and take over the the winery for us and so Marty's been running the winery since 1989 that's when we introduced our first Cabernet and then uh, since then, we've just kind of built our portfolio from, you know, 3,000 cases a year to about 45,000 cases a year, and that encompasses uh, 20 different wines uh, sourced from 30 different vineyards, and everything is made in an old-school technique, uh, which is gravity-driven, uh, no, very li uh, limited use of pumps during harvest, and, you know, the manual punch-downs by hands, um, very little uh, fining, uh, very gentle filtering. Uh, so just trying to really let the grapes speak for themselves. And I think back in 2007, that's what I took as one of the overarching messages of my internship here was, you know, they, they don't do a lot to the wine. The fruit speaks for itself. And we source from some of the best and oldest vines in the state here. And so we just, we really have, um, the opportunity every year to make great wine because we just we source from so many great vineyards uh, that are scattered throughout the Columbia Valley. And what do you think is special? You know, somebody says, all right, Walla Walla, what's so special about Walla Walla? What's so special about that, you know, that region of Washington that gives you this incredible fruit? So what's nice about Walla Walla is it's it's kind of centrally centrally located. And so what you have here in Walla Walla is not only a great place to grow grapes, but you have a lot of wineries that source grapes from the Columbia Valley and then truck the grapes here to Walla Walla and make their wine here. Um, because Walla Walla is, is, a, is a town so nice, they named it twice. It's just <laughs> beautiful. Right now it's got these beautiful green rolling hills. Uh, the winter wheat is coming up. Uh, and so all the hills are just, you know, these bright green. And then you get these bright blue skies with like these bright puffy clouds this time of year. It's just beautiful. And so you have like this, um, I'd say a very tourist driven town. And so um, we're centrally located from it. We're about four hours from Seattle, three and a half from Portland, four hours from Boise, two and a half from Spokane. So we're kind of centrally located from all of these big, you know, <clears throat> Pacific Northwest cities. And so it's a, it's a nice place to come visit, but when it comes down to production, you know, there's 150 wineries here and about 3,000 acres of grapes grown here. Um, so it's just the winemaking community and the wine growing community here is very tight. Um, a lot of friends in the valley here, you know, that I went to wine school with never left. And so there's just a real good camaraderie uh, between wineries here in uh, Walla Walla and Washington. And we all try and help out each other you know, if you need to borrow something, a piece of my equipment, you know, I'm going to do my best to, you know, if you need to borrow it, you know, it's, I'm not using it. Let's, let's help each other out. So one of the, my favorite things about the Washington wine community. 
That's wonderful. And so you had mentioned the school ground, the, the school building. Is the winemaking facility that, because the school is actually the tasting room and like business offices and stuff, is the winemaking facility right there also? So if somebody comes and visits you and sees the school, are they also seeing the processing area? So the original in the basement of the schoolhouse was the original winery and <clears throat> They made wine down there until 1995 is when they built our production facility behind the schoolhouse. And so um, if somebody were to come and visit during harvest and go out on the back deck of the schoolhouse, they would see us out on the crush pad, buzzing around on the forklifts, processing fruit, running the presses, um, that kind of stuff. So the production facility is just directly behind the, the old schoolhouse. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's start talking about this incredible wine, Chenin Blanc. So here's the Chenin Blanc. It is a 2020 from uh, Yakima Valley. And uh, first, before we actually get into this, I know that Lecole has two different labels. They have the black label and then the white label. So um, can you first explain so that people know when they're looking at a label, what each of those labels represent? So we have two lines to our lineup and the first line lineup um, is our black label series. And those are from our heritage sites. And so those are heritage uh, in the regards to where we've been sourcing fruit from these vineyards for um, 20, 30, almost 40 years. And so um, some of these vineyards, like with the Chenin Blanc, they were planted and uh, the average age vine is uh, 41 years old. And so you're really getting in the Shenan some old vine Shenan. And so to us, that is a heritage site. That is something that screams heritage. And so, and then when you move into our white label, that is more uh, pointed towards our Walla Walla series. And so those are our Walla Walla wines and our state wines. And so those, we do have um, two estate vineyards, Seven Hills Vineyard and Ferguson Vineyards and, or Vineyard and, and then, so those, those uh, vineyard specific blends are our white label um, series. And now this one, the Chenin Blanc actually is a blend of, I believe four different vineyards, correct? Mm -hmm. Am I remembering correctly? Uh, in, the, in, in 2020, it was uh, three different vineyards. So oh, the Rothrock vineyard that we were sourcing from that was also 40 years old, unfortunately got torn out so they could put something else in, so. <sighs> And Shannon is such a, I know, it's just, they, they were posting pictures on Facebook, my friends that uh, make wine over in the Prosser area, and they were posting pictures of these beautiful vines just sitting by the side of the road. And I don't know what was replanted there, but, um, you know, there's just to take out this beautiful Shannon that was so old. Um, so this is actually a blend of, of three different vineyards. Uh, Willard Farms, uh, Upland, and Phil Church. And those are all from the uh, Yakima Valley. <clears throat> and like I said, average age, they were all planted in 1979. So they're all 41 years yeah. old. And as you're harvesting, how, how close are these vineyards to each other? Uh, the, the actual vineyards are probably within a half hour of each other, and they're about an hour and a half from the winery. So all the grapes are picked uh, overnight uh, in the beginning of the night, and then they're picked and brought into the winery early in the morning, and then we start pressing it as soon as it arrives. So 
Um, that's sometimes at six o'clock in the morning. So we're here unloading, we're getting the press loaded, and then it's just a day of pressing Shenan. So it takes, uh, Shenan white wines usually take a, about a day to press um, with the volumes that we get in. And so um, we, when this arrives, uh, what we did in 2020 was we actually did a, a few winemaking techniques to, to keep the oxygen off of the, the grapes because Shenan is an aromatic variety. And when those aromatics are exposed to oxygen, uh, they can be volatilized into the environment. And so once they're in the air, they're gone forever. And so um, one of the techniques that we were teaching at the school was uh, anaerobic uh, um, pressing. And so what we do is we actually add dry ice into the press and into the press pan to keep the oxygen away. And what that does is help lock in those aromatics. And so instead of blowing them off, uh, while we're pressing or during the fermentation, they're actually locked in uh, to the, the juice. To the juice long term. And now, are you uh, since they're three different vineyards, or yeah, now three different vineyards, they're harvesting on different days, or are they relatively pretty close? Are they maturing pretty close together? So Shannon comes in. It's one of our later white wines that comes in. They usually come in with, within a couple days of each other but they're all uh, pressed and fermented separately and then blended back together. So they're, so they're blended back together at when you're choosing your final blend. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. So absolutely. Shannon, I think that Shannon, I think is such a special grape variety to me. It's first of all, I think it's in my, in my view, there's only two grape varieties that can be, excellent wines across the spectrum of sweetness levels. So you have Riesling and you have Shannon that can be from dry bone dry to a sweet, to a sweet wine. And, you know, it's, it's, it's such an aromatic wine across the board. It doesn't, if it's made correctly, it doesn't lose that um, across the board. And I, I just, what do you think is so special about Shannon that allows it to be so diverse and being able to make it in so many different, you know, styles. I just, I think when it comes down, it's just the, the variety and it's, um, you know, it, it, I don't want to liken it to Chardonnay, but Chardonnay is also one of those chameleon grapes where, you know, it really takes the hand of the winemaker. Um, you can put oak on it, you can make it sparkling, you can keep it on steel. You can, there's just so many techniques to it. And so I think with Shannon, it's just, it shows that versatility, but it's in the hands of the winemaker of, of where you want to take it. And so for our style has always been, um, we want this crisp aromatic Vouvray style. So we actually, we taste a lot of uh, style of, of wines from the Loire and we're trying to emulate that Vouvray style. Um, we also taste wines from South Africa. Um, you know, we want to be in that world, you know, wine community, you know, we want to make Washington Shenan, but you know, if you don't know how other regions taste, you know, how are you going to set yourself apart? And so, um, there's very few wineries in Washington making Shenan. Um, it's become a very kind of in vogue grape up here. We're, we're probably responsible for 15 to 20% of the entire production in the state. 
And so it's just, it's a, it's just a fun grape. I mean, I, I used to make a Viognier and it was, you know, it was, Viognier is also the same way. I love just mm -hmm. these aromatic white wine varietals where, you know, if you leave a little bit more sugar, it can add weight to the mid palate, you know, but you don't want it to be too sweet. And it's just, you, you really need to, to coax these white wines through to really get the, the most out of them. So it's, I think with white wines, like these aromatic whites, it really comes down to the winemaking and what the winemaker wants to do. Absolutely. And this is beyond aromatic. I mean, when you talk about, you know, is it, is it light aromatic medium or pronounced, this is like pronounced tenfold type of, you know, we want it spilling out of the glass. We want you to smell it before even it hits your nose. I mean, and it, it absolutely does. It's like, it's like, you know, still a hand away from, from my face and the, those aromatics start coming. There's that floralness to it. There's the, the tropical, um, and even, you know, there's uh, the, the tropical and there's that hint of, of a little green apple in there, but the floral is just beautiful. And so is this what you're aiming for vintage after vintage? Because, you know, that is Vouvray, but like there are, you know, there's, there's the tropical aspect of it. And then some, some Shannons don't aim for those tropical flavors. So or aromas. So is that vintage after vintage? This is what you have in your head? I, I'd like to say yes, but this is my first Shannon at, at the pole. So, you know, <laughs> I'd like to say yes, it's, it's, it's our style. And I, I think that, uh, you know, over the years, um, since it is kind of a later ripening uh, white wine for us, it does show a lot of the vintage character. And so in cooler years, it will have more of that green apple tinge to it. In a warmer year, it'll have more of that tropical fruit. And so um, we harvested it. It's actually within a few days every year. And so it's just, it's based on, you know, space at the winery, um, picking, you know, if we can get pickers out in the field. Um, and it's just, I think that for our style, I mean, this 2020 version compared to the 2019, the 2019 was a abbreviated harvest. We had some uh, early frost in Washington. And so things were kind of put on the accelerator. And so, you know, we, instead of um, machine harvesting it, we went out and handpicked everything and made sure that we didn't get any of those leaves that were frozen. And so it just, it lent more of a, a crisp apple like character to it. And then this uh, 2020 vintage was a lot warmer. And it just, for me, it, it came in with about the same acidity, um, which kind of baffled me, but it had more of that tropical fruit to it. And then a, a little geekiness, um, the bricks level, when you're, when you're looking to harvest a Chenin Blanc, do you, do you, what's your range? I mean, you know, where are you thinking produces the best Chenin for your vineyards? We're, we're in, well, we want to keep our alcohol level in check too. So we don't want to make a boozy Chenin. So we want to try and keep our our white wine alcohols in the 13 to the 13.5 range. And so that means you're picking anywhere from 20 and a half to 22 bricks. Um, and so, you know, when you pick a little bit earlier, you retain that acidity. And so um, the 2020 version, it, it came in pretty acidic. And so we did a little bit more winemaking uh, technique on it. And we, we put about a third of it through malolactic fermentation which is normally done for like barrel fermented whites. 
uh, for Chardonnay to help plump it up, to help build the mouthfeel. And what, what we what we liked about doing this malolactic was it just helped give some weight to the wine um, without taking away any of the character. So this is a, a stainless steel wine. It's never seen a barrel, but it still brings like some of that weight that a barrel fermented or a barrel aged white wine has. And so without the butteriness. And so we thought that was just kind of a fun technique to do this year. And I mean, we're from what I've tasted, you know, and I've been tasting it every, almost every week since it's been born. And just uh, what I love is just the, the evolution of it and tasting it now in bottle and seeing how, you know, it's just, it's just coming into its own, you know, just since we just bottled it a couple, like two, two months ago, not even, not even oh. a month ago. Wow. Wow. Well, it is, it is in its own. It is, it, it's, it is a beautiful, it is a beautiful wine. Um, and then, so you're using commercial yeast on this? We do. We do. We, uh, at this scale of winery, uh, it's can be dangerous to use native ferments. I mean, we, we do, uh, some cross pitching, uh, which is taking an active ferment and adding it to, you know, another ferment that's ready to go. So what we're active with a uh, cross pitching last year, which, which actually helped save a lot of money um, in yeast costs, because when you have a good yeast population going, you know, why not use that to inoculate your next ferment? And so there's a small window that you kind of have to to hit because you need your yeast population and you know that growing in the exponential phase and so there's there's dangers to that too but we we always start with commercial yeast and then if we have like good ferments going we'll, we'll do a little cross pitching and um but just at this scale it's it's risky to run everything uh native so okay. it's but it's there's good. enough yeast in this. There's enough yeast in this building to probably do a whole vintage without adding yeast. Um, <laughs> you know, since we've been around for a while, um, there's probably been enough yeast on the walls to, you know, from all those commercial yeasts that have been budding here over the years, and then in our barrels too. I noticed that we had some spontaneous malolactics, uh, malolactic mm -hmm. fermentations this year. So um, usually we inoculate for the malolactics in the wine. And I, I didn't have to do that to some of the lots this year. They just started going automatically. And so it's just, it's amazing what lives in a winery. It, it's absolutely amazing. Yep. And now do you, do you see yourself like five years down the road or whatever, where, you know, do you see yourself playing more with the Shannon? Like, all right, maybe we will do some barrel ferments to change, you know, along with the stainless, or maybe we'll do a little bit of it of indigenous, you know, or wild, I hate indigenous, but wild yeah. yeast and things like that. I, I'm, I'm, I love experimenting, you know, it's for, for Lacoldo, for being a, a, around as long as we have, you know, we have this intact wine club, we have an intact, you know, uh, customer base that, you know, you start making too many changes or you start going this way or that way, you might, you know, brush um. some of your long time customers off. And so that's, that's actually been one of my biggest goals uh, taking over as a winemaker here is is to keep the continuity of the old winemaker and the style that he created and him and Marty created uh, this 
these great wines. And so I don't want to come around and, you know, start changing barrels, start changing vineyards, start changing style or technique. You know, I looked over all of their old editions or all of their old recipes. I looked back uh, at 30 years of <laughs> That's I love it. I love it. I mean, you could actually go through and see uh, what they did. And, you know, going back, you know, and since, since they started making Shannon in 88 and we can see what they did to it every year and then taste those wines if they're still in our library. And we're just, there's a style that you can't change. And so, you know, ordering barrels, keeping all of that stuff um, continuous just because, you know, I want the vintage to show, not the winemaking. Perfect. Perfect. And then I have one more geeky question because this seems to be a big thing lately. I get a lot of people asking me this question of how is the, how, how are you processing the fruit? Are you doing it in terms of, you know, whole cluster? Are you de-stemming? Is it a mix and mix? And what do you see does what? Like, why do you choose those processes? So all of our red wines are handpicked, uh, de-stemmed and harvested or, and fermented in either a 1.5 ton open top fermenter, or we have a five ton open top fermenters. We have eight of those for some of our bigger lots that come in, but everything is, is kind of sorted in the vineyard. So all the leaves and stuff. I mean, the, the fruit that we get in just is, is incredible quality. The larger white wine lots that we do bring in are, the fruit comes in really clean. And so um, with like our Chenin Blanc, we tend to, at, at night, uh, so it's harvested cool and then it's transported cool and pressed cool. So we, again, retain all those aromatics. Um, our Chardonnay, brought in and pressed right away. And now, a word from our sponsor. Josina Wines loves to give back. There are so many fur babies that deserve to find their forever home. We would love to be able to help as many as possible. If you are part of a nonprofit organization or know of a nonprofit organization that would like to hold a fundraiser, please contact us at contact at dracinawines.com or visit our website, dracinawines.com, to fill out the form. How does the fundraiser work? It is super simple and costs your group absolutely nothing. Together, we will choose a month that your group will be sponsored. During the month, you promote the fundraiser just like any other event you'd hold. At the end of the month, we will donate 20% of the sales to your organization. The donations will be made in the name of each individual who purchased the wine so that you know exactly who helped the animals. Our goal is to raise as much funds as we possibly can and to help as many animals as possible. So please help us help as many fur babies as we possibly can. All right, so let's go back to the to the Shannon. So I think Shannon is is a great white wine. I mean, in my opinion, if I'm going to pick a white, I like a Shannon. <laughs> it's got that acidity. You know, it's perfect to sit out back on a hot summer day and just you know drink it on its own. But because it's got that bot, it's got that that it's got a body structure to it that can also handle food. And it's a great replacement in my opinion for the, you know, those who don't want the Chardonnay who want, you know, it's a whole different profile in my opinion than Chardonnay. So like, 
it is the go-to weeknight wine, right? So why do you, what do you think makes it, you know, like it's a Wednesday night. What am I going to pull? Shannon, right? What it's do you, a Wednesday night. Go get that great deal. That super, that Lacole Shannon at $17 a bottle. I mean, that's, that's what makes it a great, um, weeknight wine is because it's affordable. You know, it's, it's, you can have a, a glass of it on Tuesday, put it, you know, put it back in your fridge, have a glass of it Wednesday, Thursday, it'll last for a few days. And so it's one of those great weeknight wines. If you just want a glass or a glass and a half, um, cause it'll hold for a few days in the fridge. Um, and it's just really good with food. Um, the acidity really pairs well with like uh, Asian curries, uh, spicy foods, shellfish, um, like seafood. Um, it just, it just does so much. And it's just, again, at that price point, you know, you're not going to be breaking the bank and, you know, how many people really open $50 bottles of wine on every Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, it's just, it's a, it's an approachable wine um, at, at an approachable price. And that I have to say, I was glad you brought up the price because when I saw the sheet that said $17, I, it blew my mind because this, you know, I, you know, there's certain wines that you're like, okay, this is a great wine and it's great QPR. And then there's wines that are case worthy and, Mm -hmm. you know, multiple case (laughs) worthy. And at, at $17, this is literally, you pull it whenever you just feel like a glass of wine to refresh mm-hmm. yourself. Um, and if you're having a party, I, you know, I, I'm a big bubble head also, so I'm not going to say don't start with bubbles, but this is a great wine to start with as people are coming to your house, you know, now that we can start coming people to our house, um, <laughs> all right. As people are coming to your house, you can, you know, greet them with the bottle of this, of this Shannon. And it's just so approachable and, it's so, in my opinion, so f- friendly to so many different palates. And I think that that kind of goes back to my background in culinary is, you know, I want my food slash wine to be delicious for everyone. You know, I, I cook for myself sometimes, but, you know, I'm not making this wine for me. I'm making this wine for everyone else. And so it just, it really like goes back to, you know, who are you making it for? This wine is for everyone who enjoys white wine. It's for people who are learning about Shannon. It's for people who like Washington and um, exploring our region. And it just, it's, um, it's just fun to create something that can, you know, be enjoyed. I mean, it's just my favorite part of the job. So. And I think there's, there's, you had mentioned earlier, you know, it Shannon isn't exactly on the tip of everybody's tongue, right? Chardonnay, everybody has heard of Chardonnay, right? Um, but, you know, Sauvignon Blanc, oh, there, you know, everybody knows of Sauvignon Blanc. But Shannon isn't there. It's just not on the tip of the tongue. And I think that people might be a little hesitant to purchase a bottle because they don't know what they're going to get. But then when you take in $17 to give a bottle, I think this is a shock, honestly, a shock worthy wine that the people are going to fall in love with Shannon because they're going to be willing to try this at this price and be blown away. I I had some friends over for a a garden tour last night and I opened up a bottle of it and it was shared between the three of us in a half hour. It was just (laughs) 
one one bottle i mean it was a warm afternoon we were in the sun it was just we were walking around the garden and it was just it went so quick you know it's just i i joke joke to myself like why don't we make magnums of the shannon or you know it's just you always well, there you go yeah. one bottle and it sometimes isn't enough and so it's but at that price point i think you can buy the case and have it around watch the evolution you know wines are always changing and so it could taste you know this way you know this week and then in six months it could you know have a little bit different to it you know different aroma or different flavor profile to it and so it just wines are just so much fun to explore you know over time and so that's again one of my favorite things about making wine is we watch these wines from you know before they're picked we're sampling the grapes we're tasting them all the way from before they're picked all the way through fermentation through all the blending filtering finding everything and you just get to watch these things progress and you know for for my experience level this wine in this place right now um is just in it's it's in a great place um and i just hope that everyone can try it that's yeah. that's my only hope I, it's like equating it to uh, every vintage is a new child for you. You know, you start off, they're born, you're, you know, you've got to nurse them, you've got to get them, you know, then they start crawling, then they start walking. And then it's like they graduate college and they have a new job. And that's when everybody's enjoying it, right? Is <laughs> after the graduation. <laughs> and they have their bratty phases too. I mean, every wine, you know, they, they like you check in on a wine and you're like, you're you're mad today you know like why are you so mad at me today you should you know? so actually that brings up a good question brattiness of the grape is there anything as as shannon is growing is there anything that you need to pay uh, particular attention to uh, is it more prone to certain things than than other grape varieties you know it's it's susceptible to rot um and so we're we're lucky enough here in washington to where we don't have a lot of rain during harvest but in france and south uh, south africa it, it can be susceptible to botrytis um which could lend itself to some good things but there's also the bad things that come with the the rot and so um and overcropping it's uh it can be overcropped and so you have to tr try and keep those crop levels intact in so it's a uh, it's planning checking in on your grower making sure everything's lining up um but again we're marty and then me this year we're going to be out in the vineyards i mean he's out there so much checking on all the fruit sampling talking with the, the owner owners he knows exactly what he's looking for and so He's actually going to bring me out into the vineyard a lot more this year um, to teach me, you know, what what his ways are. And I'm just so looking forward to, to gaining that knowledge um, after I've just been kind of in the winery here for the last year, uh, kind of learning what makes our wines tick here. So, okay. And so I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. And I'm going to say, where would you be if you're having this amazing glass of Lacoste? Shannon Blanc, and where would you see the perfect spot to be sipping this on? Well, it definitely pairs uh, well with warmer temperatures, warm weather. Um, so I would say it has to be a warm climate. It just, it smells kind of like a beach to me right now. So I'm, There I'm is a lot of salinity coming in there. Yeah, I think that it, it, it kind of has that, that salinity. So it's kind of 
leaning itself towards like a, a beach, maybe in with some fresh seafood, like maybe some fresh oysters on the beach in Hawaii or Mexico or um, I don't know. I haven't traveled too much in the last year, so I think maybe that's just... <laughs> <laughs> That's actually why I asked is we, we all just want to be traveling through our wine glasses now. So where does where does the wine glass take you is pretty much <laughs> we just want to be anywhere other than where we are now. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, it just it's it's a fun wine. You know, it's it's fun to, to smell. It's fun to drink. It's fun to taste. It's fun to eat with. It's just it's it's a, just a fun white wine. And like I said, we made about uh, uh, what is it? Thirty two hundred cases of it. Um, and so it will go fast because it will be um, distributed uh, nationally. So um, if you can get out there and find yourself a bottle of the 2020 Lacole Chenin Blanc, I would, I would recommend it. And so that leads me into my next question. Is there on, on Lacole's winery uh, website, I'm sorry, is there a place where somebody can go and see where they can find it, where they live? Is there a way to yes. find that? We're, uh, our website, it is available on a website for purchase and shipping. Uh, we do have shipping uh, deals right now. I think it's a case of wine for a penny. And so we're, we have that for right now. Uh, that's probably the best place to get it. But then uh, we're in 49 states. Um, and so if you have a wine shop or a wine store or a grocery store that you frequent and you don't see it, you can talk with the wine steward or the wine shop owner and we have distributors all over the country. And so they should be able to put in a special order or special request to get that wine to that shop. And so it's, um, it might take a little bit of getting to because just because it's distributed all over. And so if, if you can't find it, call the winery and or um, we do have a list of our distributors on our website as well. But in all honesty, it's just easier especially if it's only penny shipping, it's just easier to go to the winery itself and, and purchase it there. You're going to get it a lot faster and with a lot less hassle and at a penny shipping, you can't, you can't beat that. So um, that's, that's where I would say go. Uh, so where can people find LaCole on social media? They. So we're, we're really heavy on uh, Instagram and Facebook I think those are the two main platforms that we're using right now. Um, I don't think we're on Twitter too much. Yeah, we're lot, lots of Zoom. So uh, <laughs> we have an email list. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about the, the winery, you can sign up for our newsletters. And then that can lead you to you know, our Zoom tastings or Zoom, all, the, all that stuff that we're doing these days. Um, so. Um, but we have a very in-depth website, has a, uh, all the family history, history of our vineyards, uh, where we source all of our grapes from. It has all the winemaking notes, all the winemaking data, um, all the distributors, the history of the family. I mean, it just, it's a really uh, well put together website. So, and now, and now talking about the sustainability. Yeah, and we just we just updated for uh, April being Earth Month or having Earth Day. Yeah, we updated our sustainability vineyard section. So, uh, really into the long term sustainability of our business and our state, and just try to do what's best for you know not only the vines but the people around us and the people that we work with. Excellent. 
And so I just want to say thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day. I know you guys are getting ready to bottle. Um, so I just want to say thank you uh, for joining me. And I'll raise my last little bit of Shannon to, to you and say slancha. And I don't really want to drink the last of it because the aromas are so, are so great. I, I might just want to sniff it a little bit longer. But so I will say slancha and thank you. Okay. For, for being on. And um, I look forward to being able to, we did visit, my husband and I did visit several, several, several years ago, um, but we definitely are on the radar to get back there and see everything that's going on now. So thank you very much. Yeah, we'd love to have you whenever you're passing through. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you and have a great Monday and good luck with bottling. Hope everything goes smoothly. It's always it's always a fun time. <laughs> and we will talk soon. Okay. Thank you, Lori. Appreciate okay. it. Thanks. Bye. Wine, wine, wine. This has been another episode of Exploring the Wine Glass. Thanks for listening. If you have suggestions on what topics you would like me to discuss, please reach out on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Exploring the Wine Glass. I am also on LinkedIn as Lori Hoytbud. Of course, you can always email me at exploringthewineglass at gmail.com. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find me more easily. And most importantly, tell your wine-loving friends, because if you like the podcast, they will too. Music is Wine by Kevens. Until next week, slancha. That was no brandy, that was no martini, Irish coffee.